The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many people today struggle with eating disorders. If you are one of the thousands of people who do, you may be experiencing feelings of overwhelm and isolation. You are not alone. Welcome to Chasing Hunger. Here you'll find out what you can do, where you can find the resources, discover the truths, and get the help you need to regain control of your life. Here is Kathy Welter-Nichols, author and host of Chasing Hunger. Good morning and welcome to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Walter-Nichols. I have a very special guest here today with me, Debbie Williams. And before I get into that, I wanted to say, as always, this program with the eating disorders is really dedicated to those people who are struggling, looking for help. And I just really encourage you to keep looking because help is out there. Um, Debbie Williams is one who works with eating disorders in Birmingham, UK. She and I are both part of the International team of individuals that work with Just Be Well out of Harley Street in London, UK. And we work here in Vancouver, British Columbia, and Debbie works in the UK. Um, We are both, both uh, Debbie and I are NLP trainers, and we're both hypnotherapists, and we've both developed programs that help people with eating disorders and utilizing those two technologies, both hypnosis and NLP, has really given our clients a bit of an edge on getting and tackling this issue of eating disorders. So I want to welcome Debbie to the show here, and... Uh, just really happy to have you with us, Debbie. Hello, are you there? I'm here. Great, great to be here, Kathy. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this program with me. I wanted to put the first question out to you. How did you get into this personally? Well, I got into it uh, not long after my father died. Um, I developed bulimia myself, mm. and I had it for about 10 years, and I was looking for ways out. I'd gone down the counselling route and that, and um, funny enough, it made it worse because I was just mm. digging into the past and found lots of ways to blame my mother but didn't actually have any strategies to get myself out of this eating disorder. And so I started uh, reading personal development, then I found Anthony Robbins, then I found NLP. And as I found that, I realized it was the owner's manual for your mind. And a lot of NLP people, I was asking, what what should I do? And I, and I wasn't really getting good advice from them to do with eating disorders, because even though when you learn NLP, it is like finding the owner's manual for your mind, but there's no specific, this is what you do to overcome bulimia strategy within NLP. That was something that I had to look for and, and develop myself, as have you. You've developed tools as well, coming from mm-hmm. a different perspective. And so mm-hmm. that was the start of realizing that there's got to be a better way of living my life than, than I am at the moment. And what what I did that helped the most was I thought, well, who has the answer? 
who has the answer to eating disorders? And I thought, normal people. Normal people who are lean, healthy, and happy, who don't have an issue with food, who have emotional intelligence, who have ways of dealing with emotions, they've got a better way of, of running their brain than I am at the moment. And so that's what I started to do, is to, to study them and find out what do they do, and then copy them. Fantastic. That is one of the great things of NLP, isn't it? It teaches you strategies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what... So you started modeling individuals that had um, figured out how to manage their emotional intelligence. They'd, and it, it is one of those things that I've found when bulimia started at a younger age, we use it to um, interrupt discomfort. And so what happens is we never really develop that emotional intelligence. How did you use NLP to help you do that? Um, I suppose it's it's constantly looking for how can I make my life better, then that's like the compass to to keep pulling you forwards, um, if you would. And realizing that, you know, going down dead end, this isn't working, that isn't working. And it took me quite a long time to overcome uh, the bulimia and the binge eating because it, it, it was like pioneering it. There was nobody there to teach me. And, and I've often said to clients that come to me, I wish I'd had somebody with the skills that I've got now to help me back then because I would have overcome it really, really quickly rather than going down lots of dead ends and, um, you know, getting nowhere fast. So, I mean, there's lots of... Um, ways that I use that I've developed over time, some of which, when when clients come, I get them to imagine stepping into the shoes of, say, some of their friends who are perfectly healthy around food, who've got a good body image and feel good in their own shoes, and get them to imagine, you know, if you were in that person's shoes, just close your eyes and, and see how they are on a day-to-day basis, you know, they get up in the morning, how they look towards breakfast, what they're doing during their day, how they feel about, you know, their, their dinner. And and mm-hmm. so they get to experience from the inside, getting the insight of stepping into somebody else's shoes so that they can learn to think more like how their healthy friend does. And not only drawing from somebody's friends, I would draw from uh, people that they admire. I remember, um, because I also worked with anorexia, one lady's hero was Katie Perry. And we helped her to put on weight to get into a healthy mindset because she stepped into Katie Perry's shoes and she made her mind up that she was about a Russian doll size, three sizes smaller than Katie. And she thought, well, if she could get that she was just one size smaller, then she'd be safe, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And so in the same way that I work with bulimia, you can use a lot of this technology to work with anorexia, but there are obviously a few differences. And Mm -hmm. then what I will do with with clients is, and I use this a lot myself now for, for other things, for just improving life, is... I create a mastermind group for them because sometimes the voice of um, an eating disorder is is taking over their brain. And so if you imagine you've got a mastermind group inside your head, a team there of the people that care about you, and you imagine them talking to these voices and saying, you know, it is okay to eat. You know, it is okay mm-hmm. to, to make a plan. It is okay to eat, you know, certain naughty things and... Um, 
to find a way to normality so that sometimes people try to go, excuse me, too far to the one side of really, really uber healthy and not allowing themselves to have anything naughty. And then, of course, the brain sort of sometimes it just, well, it says no more. And then they find themselves binging for a certain period of time, and then they try to get back on the good track, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So they're either good or they're bad, and we want to integrate it, that no food is taboo. Another thing that I do that really helps is if a certain food has a hold on them, then within NLP we can do work that can make that food less appealing, and we can take um, the desire out of it by, by reducing it in, in a way of mixing it with sort of other foods, so that, you know, as they think about sort of munching on loads and loads of cheese, there's a process that you can do that you can connect it to a food that they would never eat. And all of a sudden, cheese isn't as appealing as it was. And I've done this over and over, especially if I've helped people with weight loss, um, mm-hmm. to be able to have the control around certain foods. And sometimes people say, well, I wouldn't care if I never ate that food again. And I know the first time I did this particular exercise on myself... I didn't eat chocolate for nearly a year. And even when I have eaten chocolate afterwards, the spell is broken. You know, I can taste the difference between the different chocolates. Whereas before, mm-hmm. all of them tasted the same. And I was in this hypnosis, oh, chocolate's wonderful, and shove in as much as I could whilst not actually really tasting it because I was in the hypnosis of what I believed it represented to my mm-hmm, brain, mm-hmm. and I was representing that. Mm-hmm. I so agree with that one. It's it's probably one of the best tools of NLP that I've used. It we call it the, sort of the collapsing of those anchors inside of our brain. That, and you know, one of the things I noticed about this chocolate business is that we have a better amalgam, if you will, of all the chocolate we've ever eaten in our whole life. And it's got that incredible fragrance and that incredible taste. And it's like every other chocolate that you ever eat never really quite compares with that perfect memory of what chocolate's like. And what I did with this one, Deb, was a year and a bit ago, I just decided that's it for me with sugar. Um, I really felt like I needed to 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 walk my own truth, if you will, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to step out of, um, you know, living one thing, but then helping people do something that they wanted, and and I felt it was really important for me to take a stand on sugar, and I did, and I remember it was November third, and I just said, as a year and a bit ago, and I just said, nope, that's it for me with sugar, and I took it out of my life everywhere, yeah. so of course natural sugars are available to us in our fruits and vegetables, and those are important because it has glucose in it but all these junk sugars left my life and oh what a difference it made oh to your energy and how you feel mm-hmm. and your thinking process because sugar collect you know i mean it, it stops with the brain yeah it is completely mm-hmm. so that was a really powerful thing that i that i utilized too so these technologies that we've been given in nlp i know a lot of people use them for for motivation and you know public speaking and all these kind of things but as we were talking earlier in this week this whole area of eating disorders is so pervasive it's mm-hmm. like a web that goes through a person's mind, you know, and it connects to everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's worse than, than people realize because I think a majority of people who are dieting have got some form of 
an eating disorder because, you know, people mm-hmm. go to their weigh-in and they've lost half a pound and then they think, right, I'll go via the chip shop on the way home because I've got a week to starve myself. <laughs> and they, they, you know, they've got binge eating behaviours, but it's kind uh-huh. of not really spoken about or it's not really deemed to be a big problem. But again, just as somebody who's got bulimia, it consumes their thought processes day in, day out, and it rules them, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, Going back to what you said as well, one of the things that I'm always asking questions and looking for answers, and I thought, well, how can I have the same flavors in a healthy way? And, you know, how I would have my chocolate now is I buy organic cocoa powder, I buy bananas, especially if I see them reduced because they've gone brown and speckledy because the starch mm-hmm. has turned to sugar. I peel them and I freeze them. Then I'll stick them in the blender with the cocoa powder and say some almond milk. And I've got a smoothie that I have the chocolate hit that's got all the positive things in chocolate, but it hasn't mm-hmm. got the processed chemical sugar laden stuff that's sold right on. you know in yeah. every shop so and when yeah. I when I have that I feel like I'm giving a gift to myself and why mm-hmm. would I want that other rubbish the, the other key yeah. thing that I've noticed with people with, with eating disorders as well that even if they had high self-esteem before they fall into bulimia it manages to damage self-esteem so there's pretty mm-hmm. much always a self-hatred going on underneath and mm-hmm. you've got to deal with that because if you don't they'll they'll go so far and then they'll sabotage themselves and so mm-hmm. helping people to to come to actually like themselves um in in the uk mm-hmm. to love yourself it, it's very difficult for british people to love themselves it just doesn't <laughs> come easy but we can learn mm-hmm. to like ourselves and i always remember um reading something or listening to a cassette years ago with Brian Tracy and I've pinched something that I learned from him and I, I often give clients homework, you know, that for this next month, a you know, hundred times a day, I want you to say over and over, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. And what it does, it flushes out beliefs of, no, I don't, I'm horrible. No, I don't mm-hmm. have this. And it brings them to the surface so you can challenge them. And then what happens is what happened to me when I did that is that, eventually the brain goes, well, actually, I do quite like myself because how I've just seen how that person has treated me, I would never treat anybody like that. So I know I'm Mm -hmm. kind. How that person spoke there, well, I haven't got any maliciousness in me. And and you start to identify your own qualities that were hidden beforehand. And I've noticed that over and over with people I've worked with when they've done the I like myself, I like myself. They start to find themselves. They start to find the essence yeah. of who they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, right I've, sometimes I've said to clients as well, you know, if I could get a magic wand and just go, bing, and this eating <laughs> disorder is gone, what would you do? And I've had people mm-hmm. burst into tears, and they've, they've suddenly realized that they don't know who they are because mm-hmm. this eating disorder and these thoughts and obsessions about food has consumed yeah. their life, and it's ruling them. You know, it, it's, so, it's so powerful in a negative way. But the good mm-hmm. thing is, with, with, with NLP and, and strategies, you can educate yourself out of this. And, and even if you don't know NLP and you, and you were to write down, right, this year... I'm going to master learning how to live and eat and feel like a lean, healthy, happy person. 
Brilliant. Uh, we're going to take a break here, Deb. I'm okay. just going to jump in, and we'll pick this up as soon as we're done, but, uh, as, as our break's finished. But, wow, this is such great information, and I'm so glad we're doing this together. So let's take a break for, th- for a couple of minutes, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now back to Chasing Hunger. Hi, and we're back with Debbie Williams from Birmingham, UK, and Kathy Welter-Nichols on Chasing Hunger. We've been talking about some of the mindset that compromises our um, strategies for living, our beliefs about who we are, and it just becomes so overwhelming when you're in something like um, an eating disorder. And I was just sharing with Debbie in the break, it's like we throw our value system, things that are really important to us, like we literally toss it under the bus in order to give full range to our eating disorder. And Debbie, I know beliefs and values are a huge part of the NLP profiling and strategic uh, approach. How do you help people get in touch with their values? What what is one of the areas you use? Again, of of finding what is most important to you and that's such a good question of asking people so what really is most important to you and many people have not been asked that question and when you ask questions like that people then start to to think about what is important to them and you're able to draw out from that and A lot of times people said to me, I don't know who I am anymore. And so, again, with NLP, I can get them to say, well, how long have you had this eating disorder? Okay, well, let's go back to, you can remember at this age, you didn't have an eating disorder. Tell me a little bit about what what life was like then. And it's like putting the cook back in the kitchen, really, as you get them to talk about, yeah, I was fine then, and I I ate normally. and, And so tell me a little bit. More and, and and I'll say, oh, what did you do on on your birthday on on that age and stuff? So I'm I'm getting them to remember all over again. 
And sometimes when I put in their, their mind, their mastermind group, I'll add their younger self who knew how to eat as a naturally lean, healthy, happy person. And again, you know, a lot of people that have eating disorders have had a period of time when they were lean, healthy, and happy. I, I must admit, I never had that. I was always overweight as a child. Um, mm. And so for me, learning to eat as an actually lean, healthy, happy person took a little bit longer because I didn't really know how to do that. I only knew how to eat to be a little mm-hmm. chubby child, really. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So there was new, new skills to learn there. Oh. oh, that's fantastic. And the awareness from your from yourself is sort of being able to actually speak about this like I I didn't come from a place of the eating disorder the first time I was um, facing uh, bulimia was when my first client sat down in front of me and she didn't really share that she had bulimia either she told me in her first session that she had this thing with cookies that she didn't want to eat cookies anymore so effortlessly enough we can collapse the anchors on cookies and she's not eating cookies anymore but then she came back to her to see me again and disclosed that there was bulimia and the cookies never came back but she started binging and purging on other foods of course we needed to go deeper into the into the disorder itself and that is really which kind of put me on the map of understanding that this um, strategy of living my life through an eating disorder is is like you're at the you're at the the hands of like a master controller, and you try to control back, but it's just so hard because it's a it's such a powerful control in your brain, your mind, and everything that you're doing. So the values that that we were talking a little bit about. I mean, we certainly have the beliefs that we get from everybody else. We should be thin. We should be this. We should be that. We should be the other thing. But then we've got this issue about what's important to me. And I just think that's, well, it's one of the most profound questions any of us can ask. It really pulls up those values, doesn't it? How did you find out what was, how how did you come to that? Um, Well, Pretty much how I, I sorry, I've, I've lost mm-hmm. that question. Mm. I'm not quite sure what you're asking me there, Kathy. Sorry. 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 I mean, it, how did you come to that question of, of what is most important to to you? How did you get to the place where you could find your own answers? I suppose for me, it was continually asking that question and and moving away from pain. Because I, mm-hmm. I I didn't want to be um, the way I was living, I didn't want to live this lie, and I thought life has there's got to be something better than this. And again, with with clients, it's you have to appeal to to their higher values, to the truth that's within them, as well as um, helping them to to look at the beliefs that they've got that's serving them, and amplifying those and looking at the beliefs that are not serving them you know oh I think I'm really fat and when they're actually not and again Mm -hmm. getting them to step into somebody else's shoes they suddenly realize that actually I'm not as big as I thought I was and and, 
you know, people do tend to have a little bit of body dysmorphia when they look at themselves because you're in your own body and you look down and you sit down and your thighs look fat when you sit down and, and they zoom in on parts of their body that they don't like. So they believe that there's something wrong with them instead of looking at what is right if that makes sense well and I think the other thing out of that too that I've shared with a lot of my clients too is that the reality is we all have that experience they're not they're not unique in that we all have that experience as we you know our bodies change it or we go through something I mean we're we're you know, periodically we're exercising more, we have more time to pay attention to our health and wellness. But other times, you know, things were aging and things are shifting and changing and things don't stay the way they were when we were 15. You know, it's True. it's one of those. Yeah, you know, we're just always changing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was one other thing that we got talking about earlier this week too, and I wanted to ask that question again too. Have there been any frustrations for yourself in providing this program with others? What have you experienced as a as a facilitator helping others? Uh, I suppose the frustration is is to do a thorough job. Sometimes you need to work with somebody over a period of a year and see them, you know, about ten sessions to do a really, really thorough job. I find that sometimes people who've got a, a, a history of being naturally lean and and healthy and that they've fallen into bulimia, it's easier to get them to bounce back into normality. But if if there's other stuff going on of, you know, sort of um, stuff that's happened in the past that's having an effect, then you need to sort of process those. And NLP is a very good way of cleaning up the past and, and helping the person feel better about themselves. And I found over the years that often you'll get sort of the bulimic to go from perhaps throwing up 10 times a day to doing it once a week, and then they stop coming because they take that as a cure. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll come back four years later, and it's just annoying them that they're still doing it once a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've had to have their teeth replaced and stuff like that. That's what I had had to have done. I had all my teeth replaced um, Mm-hmm. And it cost me quite a lot of money. And the dentist, as he was drilling my teeth, he said, "You know, he said your teeth are like cheese. They're so crumbly. There's no there's no essence to them at all." Um, and you know, the bulimic doesn't necessarily think about this. You'll find sometimes as well, somebody who's bulimic will stop the bulimia when they're pregnant, and mm-hmm. then they'll go back to it afterwards. So they have got elements of control because what's most important to them there is giving health to the baby mm-hmm. and so it's interesting of how they have control but then when it's just little old them they can carry on you know mm-hmm. giving themselves pleasure of eating what they want but then punishing themselves by having to either throw up or laxative abuse or whatever else that they do mm-hmm. um that 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 keeps that problem going but the frustration mm-hmm. is is that people drop out before you're able to do everything that you can to be there as a coach. Because if you think about it, nowadays, to be successful in sport, no person can do it on their own because it's so competitive that all sports people have a team of coaches. They have coaches that pick them up when they're down. They have coaches when they're doing well to push them to do better. And that team of coaches keeps the sports person looking forward to being the best that they can be. And that's 
one thing that happens that when you clear out all of the the trauma or anything that's going on, it's then just an education process of, of being a coach to keep that person on track. But of course, a lot of times um, the person is, is getting through and not doing the behavior that then they drop out and they sometimes they drop out before I think that they're ready. I think, you know, I'd rather help them a little bit more. Although that's mm-hmm. it, you know, people say to me, they watch some of my videos on YouTube and, and when they need it, they they will listen to their downloads and, and yeah. get themselves back on track. And mm-hmm. one, one of the main things that I do with um, people is getting them to connect that, you know, if I do this, how will it feel over time? And... Mm-hmm sounds a bit controversial, but sometimes why not binge your way out of bulimia and instead of having this great big pile of food, a normal person might have a bar of chocolate, but they won't eat everything else afterwards. So maybe instead of you having five bars of chocolate, ten bags of crisps and then everything out of the cupboard, set a goal that I'm going to sit down, I'm just going to have two bars of chocolate, but I'm actually going to enjoy it to help break the spell that it is okay to have naughty foods. And sometimes when you give people permission to have naughty foods, they often don't want it, but it's them saying, well, I don't want it. And so when I Uh work one-to-one, I get them to do a plan. And I know that plan, that some things are going to go very well and some things aren't, but it's bringing it to the surface. So again, you can Uh identify their beliefs, their drivers that making them fall off track if that makes sense totally we're going to come up here to another break deb and um i want to carry on with this subject because it's really it's it's one of the ones that definitely affects my clients too and i think it's great for people to be able to hear all this strategy that's kind of operating underneath the the system of an eating disorder so let's take a break for a moment we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. 
Hi, Debbie, and we're back again with uh, another uh, bit on this. And I, I wanted to kind of take us back into that part that you've developed is called a mastermind group, which sounds like a little bit of an installation of um, internal coaches and help that um, you can install to help people actually be able to have some help inside themselves. And before we actually go there, one of the things that I found prevalent in the problem of eating disorders is that as we were talking about um, athletes needing a successful team of coaches helping them it seems to me that people with eating disorders have a mindset of I'll do it myself I don't want any help it's a secret it's a secret disorder I don't want people to know that I'm thin because I'm behaving this way and I don't want any help getting out of it or I'll take a little bit of help but I I won't I'll I'll do it myself have you engaged engaged with that in your clients? Um, Very much so. And, or they'll come to you, but it's very secretive. They, um, I mean, with a lot of the the work that I do, quite often I'll ask people to give me a a testimonial. And I've got quite a lot of video testimonials for other issues I've worked with. But the bulimics, no way. (laughs) You know, and some of the Mm -hmm. people I've worked with have been quite high profile that have been like, Mm-hmm. Well, reporters for television and things like that that mm-hmm. are very successful people but the one way that they deal with their stress is they use food as a drug so at the end of a bad day they have a binge um, and so they use that as a way to de-stress and when I do work with them it's they are very secretive and yeah. as soon as they start to feel a bit better they 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 almost like want to escape, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, totally. And I, I think this is one of the things that I was um, speaking about in several of the shows that have gone on already, and that these secrets are what keep you sick. And if mm-hmm. you think of your um, process of attaining success over this kind of thing, and, and I'm like you, I've had a lot of really high-profile people come to me with this uh, because I see my clients one-on-one too. There's never any group things that I do. And uh, uh, one was a Supreme Court judge, another a lawyer. I've had doctors, engineers. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and students in the medical field, you know, because they're working long shifts, they're exhausted. Yeah, I get a lot of of medical students and higher Mm -hmm. up there as well. Yeah, and so we get these people that are locked into this, I have to be perfect, I have to maintain my facade out there in the world, so this this becomes a deep piece of shame. They're really Mm. kind of ashamed of their behavior, and that also stops people from reaching out for help. Yeah. Have you have you noticed that too? Yes, and and I know myself. I remember when I moved to this one um, area, I got to know the corner shop chap, and he n- knew that because the one time I went there, and and he'd got some of these kettle crisps, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, they're my favourite, and the salesman had given him to try them out. And I remember popping in a couple of days later and he said, oh, I've got something for you. And he handed over this box full of all of these crisps because he was deciding he wasn't going to stock them. But he gave them me. And I remember looking at him smiling. Oh, thank you. And thinking inside, oh, God, how am I going to cope with this? I'm just going to eat the lot. And I came home and and I I didn't eat the lot. I, I think I got through... I don't know, so many bags of them. And then I opened every other bag up 
poured them in the bin and poured some watered down um, soap powder to just stop myself from going back in there to have any later. You know, it, that, yes. it, it takes over you. And he thought he was doing something nice for me. And, and I was like, oh, how can I cope with it? But the other side of it is that, again, being able to help people to to plan. I always get them to plan to have something naughty. And they're always horrified because they think, well, if I have one naughty thing, I won't stop. But how mm-hmm. I set things up is a tick system so that they're able to tick at least 10 things per day and they get to the point where they want to put the ticks. So if they if they go overeating what they said that they're going to eat, then that means they can't have those ticks. So then the ticks become a bit of an addiction that they mm-hmm. want to succeed. Um, and that's definitely worked because, again, when you've got a plan, most people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And mm-hmm. you, you were asking in the break about how do I install this mastermind group? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, pretty much if anybody's listening, if they want to install their own mastermind group, they can do. You just need to think, who do you want to have in there that can help you? And often we've used pop stars like Beyonce, um, Katy Perry, as I mentioned before, various other people in the media that people look up to. They don't necessarily have to like them, but they think, oh, they're very successful in what they do and they don't seem to have an issue with food. And so how I install it is I just invite the person to just close your eyes for a moment. And in that dark room in your mind where all of those negatives used to develop, it's becoming the room for transformation. And just like Arthur and the Round Table sat around the table is your team and we have here there's me as your coach we have Beyonce there we have your friend that eats healthy and we have da 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 and you're the chairperson and each night as your head laid on the pillow you hand over all of your worries to your team knowing that they're going to work on them 24 7 and that every day in every way everything starts to look better and better and any time you have a blip you look at it as an opportunity to what do i need to learn to make things better so that you outgrow this disease as you master strategies of the naturally lean healthy and happy people so that's kind of what I do, Cathy. I sort of, you recognize the hypnotic language there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, even yeah. as you were doing it, I'm sort of listening and thinking, oh, I'm going to install this little mastermind group inside myself. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, I, I work with lots of addictions and, and I use the same strategy. If I work with cocaine addictions, there's a program um, in the UK called uh, Dragon's Den and they're all entrepreneurs and they're all pretty scary. And mm-hmm. so I put them in the team and I've had people come to me sort of for the second session and say that well I did have an urge for cocaine but the one dragon said what are you doing don't be such an idiot you know it's a waste of money and and so their voice was more nagging than the cocaine urging voice was you know I love it so oh, that's that's a really great strategy because we do need those deterrents, you know. And the other thing that I have an ultimate confidence in is the deep, deep, deep psyche, the, that part we call either the subconscious or the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And I know if we give a problem to that part of ourselves and let it go, it will resolve it. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
And sometimes I add in the mastermind group as well, their guardian angel or whatever Mm. belief they've got, whether it's, um, you know, a higher source, the God, whatever um, religion they are, I find that out and whether they believe or not. Because when we include that higher power, whatever name we give it, then it certainly does make a difference. I remember going to Overeaters Anonymous um, before I, I... myself and and it did work for a period of time of inviting God into your life until I was in um, a supermarket one day and I was determined to have a, a, a binge and I told God to sod off and he can come back after the binge and he never he never quite came back the same way you know <laughs> so. well you know it's just as it goes isn't it you just do the piece you can do that kind of brings me to that other question I know we're going to come up for a break here in a second but I just want to interject this little piece because everybody Everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you make the the greatest effort and commitment on the planet to do what you say you're going to do, and then something happens and you fall down. And I kind of look at the issues around eating disorders, this idea of a relapse can be really um, stressful on people, especially when they have this mindset, it has to be done perfectly, and there can be no missteps, and then what happens? And so now... How I wanted to sort of bring this to you, like I know you're working with people that are over longer periods of time too. I've started to do distance coaching with my um, intensive. I have a three-day intensive we do initially, and then we do three months of once a week uh, with the distance work. And what ends up happening out of that is I'm with them for a longer period of time, but still relapses can happen. And when that happens, what do you kind of build that in for your people? Do you say, look, if something goes sideways, get in touch, or what happens? Yeah, and I, I put it as the, it's an opportunity to learn so that, because if you think about it throughout the year, there's going to be events that come up, birthdays, mm-hmm. parties, um, weddings, uh, Christmas, Easter, all of these are triggers to eat, and so they can be stressful for somebody recovering from an eating disorder. And so, again, when I'm working with them to begin with, as we, as they've got a plan and they've got the tick sheet, then they're building up an evidence base so that when they do have a blip, they can look back and think, well, I've, I've gone for this long successfully. This is like Debbie said, it's just a blip for a day. And what I find with people is that, you know, sometimes it takes them three days to get back on track. And then the next time they have a blip, it takes one day. And then the exactly. next time they have a blip, it can take, you know, oh, that was only just one meal. Right, what do I need to do mm-hmm. to stay on track that maybe this evening I'm going to have, mm-hmm. you know, something lighter. This isn't, you know, just because I've had a binge, I don't need to do the sick bit. And, and that's mm-hmm. how I outgrew it. Because sometimes you, you, you do overeat occasionally. Everybody mm-hmm. does. Normal oh, yeah. people do as well. And mm-hmm. for me, I, I, I maintain my weight now is I... I eat very light Monday to Thursday, very much water-rich soups, um, stews, curries, smoothies and things like that Monday to Thursday and halfway through Friday. And then the weekend, I'm more flexible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I tend to have a rule that during the week, I wouldn't bother with crisps or chocolate or anything like that because this is my healthy time and then the mm-hmm. weekend I, I think well what's a 10 out of 10 food that I fancy 
sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm slightly allergic to cow cheese, but I love Roquefort because I read something about that as well, that it actually is quite good for you because it's got certain bacteria, mm-hmm. like a penicillin mm-hmm. in it. And I thought, oh, and because mm-hmm. it's sheep's cheese, I can digest it. So, so we're going to take a break here for a moment and we'll be right back. Stay tuned with myself, Kathy Welter, and Debbie Williams. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Contact Kathy Welter Nichols for a private consultation. Use the promo code VA-ChasingHunger for show specials. Book your spot today and start your recovery. Call 1-604-421-1722. Chasing Hunger, the book, is available at ChasingHunger.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. You can find Kathy at WaysOfTheWiseWoman.com. Kathy is a gifted speaker and presenter and is available to speak to your group on all subjects related to women's issues. Contact Contact her now and make your next meeting powerful and inspiring. Call 1-604-421-1722 or visit waysofthewisewoman.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Chasing Hunger with Kathy Welter Nichols. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to welterk at shaw.ca. Now, back to Chasing Hunger. So welcome back, Debbie, and this has just been such a great show, and I, I love talking to you about this because it really reaffirms the work I've been doing, too, and on your mindset of um, of balancing how you're eating, I have a little process that I put in place called my 80-20 rule, and what that does is pretty much the same thing you're doing, where you're sort of monitoring and taking care of your food over the early part of the week, and then on the weekend, you give yourself a little bit of more, more flexibility, and we, we have to do that because that lets us be more balanced with how we're how we're coming into food mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and sometimes it's not I think that bulimia is sometimes an environmental issue because there's so many stimuluses around and advertisers and food producers employ the top psychologists the top NLP yeah. people to tell them how they can influence people to eat more of their food so people mm. are being bombarded by this whereas a couple of hundred years ago if we had the freedom that we had now but the food was what we had a couple of hundred years ago we wouldn't have bulimia mm-hmm. not to the degree that we have now 
yeah, it's becoming epidemic here in North America. It's like there's, I think they're estimating we're over a million people in Canada with some form of an eating disorder. And as you say, people that are really structured around living from a diet mindset are actually living from an, a disordered eating mindset as well. And in the States, it's absolutely pervasive. It's It seems to be everywhere i've had a number of my clients share with me that pe- their coaches their dance instructors uh, you know people tell them go ahead and throw it up like the rest of us do and that's this really intense kind of mindset and once a kid starts doing that or believing that a coach has suggested they do this well then you know they they start into this whole thing and it's a secret and they don't tell anyone and all of a sudden they're in a mess with it Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to bring in here just before we come to the conclusion, I wondered if there was one thing in particular that you found critical in maintaining your own recovery. I love that you've got that strategy for how you eat through the week and eat on the weekend, and it gives you lots of balance, lots of variety, lots of change. So is there anything in particular that that you do yourself? That, I that think you could... what I do myself um, is I use hypnosis. I, I listen to the things that I've recorded myself and I, I record my own stuff for my life. So I'm, I, I do my goals and then I'll record them so that I can listen to them over and over. And I found that when clients listen to my products over and over, then they feel supported in their own environment um, and that works as well. They say that when I listen to your recordings, it's like it resets me. And mm-hmm. that, that makes a big difference because even bad hypnosis can help people lift the stress off the, their shoulders. But mm-hmm. hypnosis that, that we do, it's very detailed and structured and it weaves stories and that it doesn't sound the same every time you listen to it. So it means that people can listen to it over and over and hear different things each time. Mm-hmm but it Mm -hmm. does give the brain an opportunity to just switch off and calm itself down and Mm -hmm. get back to a place of balance. And I think that just makes such a difference. I agree. I think that's one of the areas in my life too. Well, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis to begin with. Nobody is doing it to you. Um, we're in the trances we're in with agreement. We've we've agreed. We've said yes. And so when we want to take ourselves out of these trances, then we have to find one that works for us and it's going to give us what we want, which takes us back to that question. What do I really want? Well, I want to maintain my goals. I want to be focused on that. But we both listen, Harry and I both listen to our um, goals and our recordings all the time. We we listen to them regularly for the same reason, because yeah. we're always picking up um, installations that aren't helpful. We just, you know. Fear packets that are running around out there are all over the place. I know. I had one the other day, and I've never had. Well, I can't remember having this thought um, because my husband wants to retire in six years, and our mortgage will be cleared in six years. And I got in the car, and this thought came in: What would happen if you got ill and you couldn't see clients, or you had an accident? And I thought, <laughs> what? Go away! Yeah. I don't need that nonsense. Exactly, and that's that's really. 
know, it's and, just... and our brain, we have a brain, we don't have an owner's manual, and sometimes it's just not user-friendly. And mm-hmm. I think both of us are skilled enough that if we hear stuff, a lot of the times we can catch it and say, no, yeah. I'm yeah. not going down yeah. that road. Exactly. And so part of the, the thing that I run, um, the Lean for Life, is strategies of lean people, but healthy people and happy people. And, and by happy, I mean emotional intelligence as well and, and how mm. to master, you know, the monkey yeah. mind. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to the close of our show, Debbie. Time is just gone so quickly. I've just so enjoyed this. Um, So I want to just give you a moment to say, where can people find you? I know you have a leanforlife.com. No, no, I don't have that. I have um, hypnosisweightlossclub.com. And on there, I've got pretty much the same things that I would work on for people who lose weight or for people recovering from binge eating or bulimia because the answer is to learn to eat as a lean, healthy, happy person. There's Mm -hmm. so much free stuff on there where you can go through process of week one, week two, week three, week four. There's lots of help, you know, helpful Mm -hmm. videos with exercises to process thoughts and that. I've also Mm -hmm. got stopbulimia.co.uk and there's useful information on that as well. And And, and we're both on justbewell.com. Yeah, and there's uh, there's lots of useful articles on justbewell.com as well. So, yeah. Well, I just really want to thank you for doing this show with me. I know you are a colleague in the world that is doing a very similar pathway as I am. And um, I always lean on that, you know, when I'm feeling stressed and struggling because it is a challenging it is a challenging thing to tackle, and uh, it's been an amazing journey for me to help women and men recover from eating disorders. So I just want to thank you, Debbie, and say thanks to the audience for listening to us today. And I just wish you all the best in your recovery uh, process and reach out, find the help you need. It's there. Um, my websites are available on the host page. And certainly you can find more information here about Debbie on this particular episode. You can always re-listen to all of these episodes. They're there on the uh, on the host page on Voice America. And contact us. Both Debbie and myself are here to help you. Uh, we can do Skype. We can chat with you from around the world. And I often do see clients from all over the place. So thank you, Debbie. And we'll be in touch. And our next show coming up is going to be with Peter Tong on the 31st of December. And we'll be talking about what addiction really is. So join me then. And for now, thanks and have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for Chasing Hunger. Be sure to tune in again next week for another edition featuring your host, Kathy Welter-Nichols. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.